You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans. I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, also writer over at BourbonStreetShots.com, where I've got an article up right now about Drew Holiday, you know, someone we're going to talk about today talked about just a little bit on the podcast yesterday um, and you know it goes into a little bit more in depth about some of the topics I covered yesterday his plus minus against the top defenses the bottom defenses uh, but hey we're going to talk about him some more on this podcast today also recap the Pelicans three-point victory last night over the Dallas Mavericks in the Smoothie King Center uh, that one was a final of 121 to 118 uh, ended up being kind of a tense close game down the stretch uh, nice to see the Pels win also we're going to talk a good deal about that boogie Davis combo out on the court together because they looked pretty good last night uh, and see if this is kind of the blueprint for the future of your New Orleans Pelicans don't forget Lockdown Pelicans is available on iTunes, Audioboom, Stitcher, wherever podcasts are found. So please subscribe to it so you get the episodes when they are released, usually around the same time. But still, just get them to your phone. Makes it a whole lot easier. Also, please follow it on social media. Give it a like on Facebook. It's at Locked on Pels on Twitter, and just search Locked on Pelicans on Facebook. A lot of that is what keeps this podcast free in five days a week, so do that favor for me as well. And while we're talking about it, uh, you guys hear the awesome intro music here on Locked on Pelicans, and that's brought to you guys by uh, the New Orleans-based award-winning indie rock band Vox and the Hound, who's actually releasing their second album, Aloha Shores, this Friday. It'll be available through the standard digital channels, but coming up this Saturday at the Three Keys in the Ace Hotel, 600 Carondelet Street, they're going to be having their album release party for that album, Aloha Shores. I'm going to be there. I hope you will be as well. Come up to me, chat some pals. It's going to be a lot of fun to check this band out. All right, that 121-118 win over the Dallas Mavericks. Pretty interesting game. Pels actually had a lead as big as 14 uh, at one point before it shrank in the fourth quarter. And really the second half when Dallas went on a bit of a shooting tear. Kind of reminded me of the game against the Utah Jazz where all of a sudden the Jazz were just hitting everything. Dallas was hitting contested three after contested three. They started the game by shooting, I think it was like 12%. Finished on the night shooting almost 50%, 48.4. So you can see they really came on after the first quarter. Also early in the game for them, Devin Harris lost his damn mind. Where on a no call, or on really they called a foul on him, I think. I forget exactly what it was. It was something stupid with Frazier on the offensive end. Uh, there was no call. There was a foul called, whatever it was. And he was upset. And he started yelling. It was a lady ref. Started yelling at the lady ref. And they just kind of ignored him. They, the refs didn't really want to give him a technical or tee him up uh, whatsoever. And then he kind of charges at the ref, screaming, lady ref too. And screaming, and he picks up attack, and then he is incensed. It took like four guys to really hold him back. He was trying to go around, going almost into the, the courtside seats to get around to scream at the ref, yelled at her, got another technical, so ejected. And then as I go to the scores table to announce all of this and to log this into the, their game book and everything, uh, Rick Carlisle gets a technical. So that's three now. And then another uh, Mavericks assistant coach, Hunt was his last name. I don't know their team that well, gets a technical for four. Bells go up 
missed two of the four technical free throws, of course. And then Cousins goes in, scores a bucket with the end one. You had potential for a seven-point possession. Ended up only being five. I'll still take that. Uh, but it was an interesting sequence of events early on in the game. Uh, and, it, you know, that partially sparked the Mavs to come back and get in this game a little bit. Pels on the night, though, they shot well above 50%. Uh, we're 12 of 30 from deep. That's 40 uh, percent. So scoring 121 was going to be a good thing. Your big guys, Anthony Davis, putting up 30 points, 13 rebounds. A good night for him. Did that in 35 minutes. Cousins played almost 40 minutes, 29 points, 16 rebounds. A lot of coexisting between those two guys. The majority of their minutes came together. The Cousins, and I'd be curious, I haven't gotten to cha- uh, look at a lot of the post-game things, was benched for the final three possessions, one of which, the final one for the Pels, I want to talk a little bit about because that was pretty bad offensively when they needed to get a bucket to try and stretch their lead to five. But both those guys had a good game. Drew Holiday, 18 points, seven assists. Curiously enough, though, was actually minus one on the night when it comes to the uh, plus minus. Not that that's the best stat to use, but he did play with Davis and Cousins uh, almost entirely, and he was minus one, which goes to show you maybe not the best game uh, from him with how impactful it really was. So, interesting night, though. They got just enough scoring. Uh, Crawford off the bench, 15 points. Dante Cunningham off the bench, 15 points. Getting some scoring elsewhere. Holiday, like I said, 18. So, it's five guys in double figures, including two of them, which were almost uh, one was in 30. One was in 29. Just a good overall team win. They were shooting. They had some excellent offense. You saw Davis and Cousins gelling more. The alley-oops to Davis from Cousins. He's a great passer. He had six assists on the night. Uh, Tim Frazier, no turnovers. Sorry, one turnover. Uh, Not really a scoring threat, though. He was out there for 24 minutes and didn't do a whole lot. Two shots. If you want to keep Holiday, which, you know, the Pels almost have their hands tied and kind of have to, you really, really need to upgrade that other lead guard spot and see if you can get some more production out of there. That might be the key to unlocking him. As I shared those numbers with you guys yesterday, you know, Frazier out there doesn't necessarily make Holiday better. He eliminates the turnovers, which is good. From Holiday, but overall, it's not like he's a massively better player all of a sudden. And a lot of that is because Frazier isn't really a threat to score. So teams still key off of him, still clog the lane and take away the drives from Drew Holiday. And, you know, it's just one less person for him to really pass to that's a threat that might be one of the reasons why his assist numbers aren't as high as you would expect him to be and why, you know, with Frazier on the court, they actually are pretty much the same thing as him off the court. So it's an interesting dynamic of what the Pelicans are going to do, but I digress a little bit. Going to talk some more about the uh, holiday situation on the second half of the podcast today. Now, before I finish recapping the game, I do want to mention, you guys, that your company could be right here. Sponsor Locked On Pelicans, and your company is going to reach a passionate 98% male audience That's 78% between the ages of 18 to 44 and 75% from 25 to 54. I got all the demographics on all of you. Uh, Recent studies have shown that podcast listeners are 65% more likely 
to interact with sponsors than other forms of media. It's they're popular right now, you guys. You know this. You've heard of Serial, the new one, um, S Town podcast. Thirty for Thirty is going to be doing a podcast series. It's a great way to really get out there. So get your company some great exposure right here on Locked On Pelicans. Rates are very reasonable and based solely on the number of listeners. Uh, so you're definitely getting your money's worth. Uh, email me. It's Jake at BourbonStreetShots.com. Again, that's Jake at BourbonStreetShots.com to get started today for your company on Locked On Pelicans. So back to the Dallas game and the 121-118 win over them. Pels still played their play style, really. It was nice to see. They had 20 points on the fast break in transition. They're still doing that. Even with Cousins out there, they're able to play fast because of his ability to shoot the three-pointer. And Alvin Gentry talked about it before the game, saying, you know, he's shooting around 36%. We want him taking some of those shots. I'm sure they don't want him hanging out only around the three-point line, but they really don't mind if he's up there uh, in transition hitting an open three. So when you're leading the break, and usually if it's Davis, Cousins, and say Holiday out there, Holiday's leading the break uh, down the court, you have guys that are going to key in on Davis because he's rim running. He's heading right to the hoop. You're going to try and put two guys on him in transition, or at least one, um, while you also have one covering the ball handler. Now, they're worried about taking away an easy shot at the rim, which is you know tends to be what you do in transition, that you kind of lose track of the perimeter of the three-point line where you have big DeMarcus Cousins coming, stumbling on down, uh, popping his butt on that three-point line, and now he's an outlet for Davis or Holiday or whoever in transition. They can kick the ball out to them if the opponent has taken away the look at the rim, and all of a sudden he shoots a wide-open three-pointer, which he's making at a very healthy percentage this season. So it's nice to see. That's why the Pelicans still play fast. They haven't really gotten away from that small ball style of play. They might be taller because you have Cousins and Davis on the court, but they haven't gotten rid of small ball, which is get that rebound, get out, and run. So it was nice to see from them them doing that overall. Low turnover game for both of these teams. Uh, Pels only had six turnovers, uh, which was good. They got punished a little bit to the tune of 11 points on those six, but that's okay. Uh, Only six turnovers, limited the damage uh, that could happen to them. Smart basketball, playing in transition, exactly this type of gentry ball that you want to see. And, you know, he's taken a lot of criticism this year. Personally, I see them building a pretty decent offense right now that, you know, with some more shooters could look absolutely frightening. Also worth noting that Solomon, or not Solomon Hill, uh, Dante Cunningham on the night shot quite well, was your sixth man of the game, uh, scored six, uh, 15 points off the bench for the Pels. He was on the night three of five from deep um, from that right corner, which is his money spot really too, even though he hit one from the left. He's played pretty well this season. I'm going to talk about him as we get closer to the offseason, uh, which is only two weeks away really. And, you know, he's going to be a free agent. It's going to be an interesting case. Do they try and bring him back? He's been a solid contributor for this Pelicans team since he's been here. Uh, curious case, he's outgrown the like five million a year contract he's making or whatever it is. Uh, and he's going to get significantly more than that. So it'll be curious to see what the Pelicans do with him. So before switching to Drew Holiday, I do want to talk about the ending of this Mavericks game for the Pels, the final three possessions. Really, the Pels were up three, Dallas took a timeout, and the Pelicans subbed out DeMarcus Cousins. Like I said, I haven't looked at all of the postgame stuff, so I'm going to be curious to see why. Um, I don't know if it was because of defense or because the Mavs were going a little bit smaller. Very odd 
choice on what to do there. So they get the stop, and then offensively they get the ball. They're going down the court, and all you need is a bucket, and this game's iced and over. And they kind of run a Drew Holiday pick-and-roll, but not with Anthony Davis. It was with Dante Cunningham. And Davis doesn't really come in and touch the ball or really affect the play till the shot clock's starting to wind down, and you're on the latter half of it. And it was just, it's very, um, basically you had the timeout to drop your own offensive play should you get a stop, should they score. And it's just weird to me that Alvin Gentry would go to Dante Cunningham and Drew Holiday for that possession. Uh, Cunningham had been having a good game, but I'm not going to design a play for him. I'd rather have him out there spacing the court, especially when he's 3 of 5 on the night and has been just shooting overall well from the season from 3. He's a court spacer at that point. You don't want him getting the ball in his hands on the final possession. The spacing got all mucked up. It looked ugly. The Pels didn't get a bucket. Dallas got the ball back. And, you know, they went down and missed a 3 as time expired. But all of a sudden, they could have tied it. And that's because the Pels weren't able to get a bucket when they needed to. So, A, I don't know if they had timeouts left. I don't remember that point in the game. Why you wouldn't maybe sub Cousins back in and go offense-defense type subs, something that Monty Williams used to do. But a very curious late-game, you know, end-of-game situation to see from the Pels. And they were lucky to get out of there with a win on the night. DeMarcus Cousins, I do want to talk a little bit more about, too, briefly. He had an interesting matchup with Nerland's Noel on him for most of the game, at least in the first half, where, you know, Noel looks like a twig. And it was interesting to not see him posting him up as much like you'd like to see him. This was a matchup where even if you get him the ball at the elbow, he can just kind of put his back into um, Noel and back him down, get an easy score. Now, Cousins did shoot 9 of 19 on the night and went to the free throw line 12 times, so I'm not really complaining here but it would have been a night uh, thing to see and I'm again nitpicking so if he ever were to listen to this please don't yell at me next game it's it's just something I'm pointing out that's all he um you know could have had a chance to post him up but he did well enough 29 points is exactly what you'd like to see out of him uh, along with 16 boards they pretty much killed the uh Mavericks on the board so good overall game for the Pelicans in this one So let's switch gears back to Drew Holiday for a little bit here. And you guys know I talked a lot about him yesterday. I have the article out today on bourbonstreetshots.com about him. And it's a difficult decision the Pelicans are going to have to make because they're looking at giving this guy $24-plus million a season over four years, potentially five, which, you know, has the chance to come back and kind of bite you. Yes, he's young. You're not worried about age or really injuries anymore with him. But it's the play. And then he goes out and has a game, like I said, 18 points, uh, 7 assists in a game where Cousins and Davis basically combined for 60. So you're getting 78 points out of your big three there. And kind of reminds you that, hey, he's really good and he's a good contributor to this team and score. But part of that, I think, might be that Dallas doesn't have the best defense because you've seen against top defenses, he struggles and kind of vanishes. So it really comes down to this. I don't hate Holiday. I'm not necessarily on board to re-sign him for a max, though I, I largely think the Pels will and don't really have a choice to do that or not. The question comes down to, like, what amount of dollars are you comfortable with? American dollars, we should specify. And basically, if he signs for anything under $20 million a year, you snap him up, and I would be thrilled with that. Do I want to pay him 27? No, but like if you get him at 20, 19 million, there's you know seven, eight million dollar difference there, which is going to be significant. And it also is going to really depend on the other guard you pair him with. So I think the Pelicans need to approach this offseason where they go out and they get their other guard first. 
And depending on who that is, it gives you maybe a little bit more negotiating power over Drew Holiday, and then you re-sign him last. And if they're going to operate under the cap, that's probably the best way they're going to have to go about doing it because Drew's cap hold is going to be less than what he actually signs for, meaning he's not counting for that huge salary against the cap until you actually ink him to the deal. So if you go out and you get a Patty Mills who I'm on, I'm completely on board with, I'd be all for re-signing Drew, especially if you get him at a reasonable deal. If you go out and you acquire someone like Ricky Rubio, who's not really going to space the court for you, I'm less inclined to want to sign Drew to that $26 million deal or whatever number it's going to be. Because he really needs to be out there with a court spacer. Uh, as we've seen by Frazier, who isn't one, who airballed the three at one point in the game last night, you know, doesn't make his scoring numbers better for Holiday. It doesn't improve. And you've got to put him out there with someone who's going to just open the court a little bit more for him, which, you know, could be a guy like Seth Curry from Dallas uh, if you want to go out and try and acquire him. Justin Holiday, Drew's brother, actually kind of fits the bill a little bit too if Drew is going to take a cheaper deal just because he wants to play with his brother. I am so on board with that train. You guys have no idea. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Holiday this offseason. Certainly don't envy this front offense. But I think the way I approach it is you go get your other guard, your lead guard first. And then you can kind of be reactive. And that's going to be this Pelicans offseason. They're going to be re- very reactive to what's out there. They don't have to really go out and force an issue right now because they do have a lot of flexibility to go either way. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Again, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Great Pels win. Next game's going to be tomorrow against the Kings. The return of Buddy Heald. The first time that DeMarcus Cousins is, is facing his former team, the Sacramento Kings. Should be a lot of fun. There's going to be excitement there. I'll be there covering it for you guys. I'll have the preview for you guys tomorrow as well. Get you all set for the weekends as we start to wind down the Pelicans playoff season. I think we're under two weeks left to go, barring some sort of miracle playoff run. So thank you all for listening to Locked on Pelicans. Again, I'm your host, Jake Madison, and I'll be with you guys again tomorrow. 